0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Mike Smith in for Simi today. Let's talk about BC's salmon stocks now and some cutting-edge science being used to track how our salmon are doing. This is really amazing stuff. Researchers at Simon Fraser University used a collection of fish scales some of them in storage for more than a century to analyze salmon population decline the news i'm afraid not that good my guest is michael price he's a phd candidate at sfu he's the lead author of this study i'm very pleased to welcome him hi michael
1: hi thanks for having me
0: thanks for coming on this sounds to me almost like almost like a high tech police detective work here like using dna to solve a Solve a crime. Tell me about these preserved fish scales you looked at. What can you find out for, by looking at these fish scales?
1: Well, what you had mentioned, yes, in terms of sort of GSI work or this detective work, um, you can extract the genetic information from these scales, and that was an important key because these. Scales were collected at the mouth of the Skeena River in a mixed stock fishery. So there's lots of different sockeye salmon populations in there. And so one of the first things we did was apply these modern genetic tools to these ancient scales to uh, literally identify a given population uh, within a scale. But you can, you know, scales also can tell us so much about the life history of salmon. It's like the concentric rings in the core of a tree, you can determine the age of fish, how long it spent in freshwater or marine rearing environments, how much they grew in these environments. Uh, You can also start to look at um, different isotopic signatures, so how productive were the ocean uh, in this historical period. So really scales can provide us a um, a lot of information to some interesting questions.
0: Okay, that's very cool. How do, Who preserved these scales? Like some of them were collected over 100 years ago and put into storage, right? Who did that?
1: Well, the original, um, it was B.C. Commissioner of Fisheries. B- British Columbia was in charge of salmon uh, when commercial fishing first began. And beginning in about 1910, they started to worry about sockeye salmon stocks on uh, coming into the Fraser. And they hired this professor from University of Santa Cruz who was an expert in uh, in scale reading, and they invited him to basically develop a research program. And he uh, not only developed one for the Fraser River sockeye, but he also did for Rivers Inlet, which is a, was a large sockeye-producing system, also in the Nass River and Mesquina. So this wow. fellow, Charles Gilbert, began it in 1912, this really rigorous uh, collection program. You know, it occurred every three days they would collect, essentially 125 fish and not only take scales but they'd also collect biological information you know what were the weight of of a given salmon or the length of the salmon the sex of the salmon the date of capture so it provides us a, a really um, rich window into the past and he carried that on from 1912 until 1924 and then wow. another fellow Wilbur Clemens took over the collection right up until 1948 so we have a good 35 years of of detailed information that that we're only just starting to tap into.
0: Okay, that's really amazing. Now, when you took a look at these uh, historic fish scales and these samples, what did you find out?
1: Well, I guess, you know, sort of three themes emerged from the data, but the the first thing we noticed when we looked at uh, just the total number of wild sockeye salmon coming back to the Skeena historically, they averaged just under 2 million a year, so about 1.8 million. And we compared that to, and that was during 1913 to 1923, kind of a snapshot of the historical period. We then compared that with the recent decade, 2007 to 2014, and we noticed that for the number of wild sockeye coming back, they've averaged about 470 thousand mm-hmm. over the last decade, which is about a 75 percent decline in mm-hmm. the number of wild sockeye coming back. So that was the num- You know, that was number one. The second one was using that genetic information identifying individual populations from these scales we could then look at how how much each population may have changed in abundance and we noted all populations have declined and they've declined between 56% and 99% you know again depending on the population
0: Okay, uh, that, that's some some depressing news there to hear that those percentages of such large declines in these re- re- returning fish. But I, I guess in some ways it's not surprising. We've been we've been hearing about the the threats and the troubles for these uh, these p- salmon populations in the past. But di- did this research, Michael, indicate that maybe the the losses or the declines have been bigger than we thought before?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's um. just a, so current baseline data like the really the reference point by which we currently assess the health of populations, which is a requirement under Canada's wild salmon policy, a very rigorous policy. These data begin in 1960, you know, and that's some 80 years after commercial fishing and human impacts have occurred in places like the Skeena, but also the Fraser River. So these reference data from 19. 60 really only suggests that about seven of the 13 populations had declined. So when we took these data back to as far back as 1913, yes, we were, we were definitely surprised to see that all sockeye populations uh, are doing poorly in the Skeena River.
0: Oh, that's very troubling to hear, Michael. When you talk about a population of a, a, a specific of a salmon in it, in they're all going up the Skeena River, right? I mean, do different populations go to different tributaries of the river or something?
1: Exactly. You know, what's okay. interesting about sockeye salmon is that they will rear, in, typically, in a lake. So, And a given lake is, tends to be genetically unique from an, a different nursery lake. Those juveniles will rear in a lake, and each of these are in, uh, in tributaries. So we identified 13 major tributaries where sockeye, you know, which produce a unique... Sockeye salmon population. So that's what we identified uh, in the historical scales.
0: Okay, you mentioned that some of these populations have fallen by as much as. Did you say ninety nine percent?
1: Correct. So yeah, they would have. They averaged, you know, something around forty thousand historically every year. Uh, During this historical period, and now average less than a thousand. So those are the major declines. Others have declined as, as I said, yeah, between fifty-six and you know sixty, seventy, eighty percent, right through the range.
0: What is causing such drastic declines, Michael? Do we know? Is it overfishing? Is it climate change? What's causing it?
1: Well, we just looked at. So there's two parts here, but what we did look at in this study, we examined. Uh, four different hypotheses that may explain the changes in abundance among populations. And what best explained the data was fishery selectivity. So what we noted was um, populations with the largest body size have declined the most. And mm-hmm. these fisheries back in the day, they were only by gillnet. They were caught in gillnets, really highly selective for really the generally the largest size fish. And so that was the best explanation for the decline. Although, you know, nowadays since 1960 and especially over this last decade, undoubtedly we're seeing reduced ocean productivity. Habitat impacts have obviously played a role. Essentially, it it has been a death by a thousand cuts you know people say that often but it's so very true it's never one silver bullet it's it's a, a number of actions uh, by humans and now unfortunately with climate change we're going to see more of these changes in ocean dynamics whether we're going to see further decreases in ocean productivity it remains to be seen but um but yeah it is worrying michael is an important researcher,
0: doing there thanks for coming on to talk about it today
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for your interest. Take care. Okay,
0: you bet. Thank you. That is Michael Price. He's a Ph.D. student at Simon Fraser University. He's the lead author of this new study on declining uh, sockeye salmon populations returning to the Skeena River. Isn't that amazing? They're able to use these fish scales that have been collected and preserved over 100 years ago uh, to get a better picture of just how much uh, these salmon populations have declined. The news there, not good, I'm afraid.